I'm Marissa. And I'm Claire. And we're continuing, continuing the, the conversation. conversation. Friends, <laughs> welcome back to continuing the conversation. <laughs> I did not try to record this three more times before now. This is Never. our first take. <laughs> and I'm so excited that you're here listening. I'm joined by my friend Claire. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And if you've ever listened to past episodes of Real Talk, um, Claire is another one of Liz and I's roommates from college. She's now a kindergarten teacher at St. Thomas More. And I'm so excited you're here. Thanks. I'm excited to be here in your nice, cozy office. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, So if this is your first time listening to continue the conversation, or if it's been a minute and you totally forgot what we're all about, um, this is a place where we take the things we've been talking about at our life nights and we just dig deeper into them kind of continue the conversation if you will that was started on sunday night and keep it going so this series we've been doing um the last few weeks is called mirror mirror and i already we we already talked about this but every time (laughs) i say the word mirror it sounds like a fake word yeah and i don't like it it's too much it is too much too many r's um But in this series, we basically covered the gospel presentation, um, was what this series is all about. What what is a gospel presentation, Claire? What what, what do I mean by that? A gospel presentation is basically just telling people what Jesus came to do and why we were created and why he came to do that thing. So I used to work at Camp All American um, in Johns Creek, heyo, and I taught little kids. Um, So we had a little saying he made it all. Jesus created us for, or God created us for a relationship with each other. Adam and Eve, um, unfortunately, broke that with sin, which is we lost it all. And we lost all of the things that the Lord had created for us. But thankfully, he came and sent his son, Jesus, to save us and die on the cross for our sins and restore that relationship. And so because of that, we get to live with him forever and ever in eternity. Amen. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's basically all of scripture summed up in a nice, tidy little couple sentences. We love it. Yeah. So, in our most recent life night, the final life night of this series, we talked about sharing our story um, because a gospel presentation is like the broader story of humanity that everyone was created for a relationship with God, everyone experiences sin. Jesus died for all of us. We all have an opportunity for that relationship with God. But the way that plays out in each of our individual lives is so different. And when we accept that relationship with Jesus and accept that call to discipleship, part of that is sharing that story with other people and sharing the way that God has worked in our own particular lives. So that was our that was our last life night. And Claire and I thought it would be fun to share our story in a more um, non-traditional. Yeah, non-traditional way. I was like, "edgy" isn't the right word. No, I don't think either of us are. Edgy We're not edgy at people, all. <laughs> but non-traditional way. So Claire and I both have accumulated quite a few tattoos, um, and that's something that people ask us all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever they see, "Oh, you have one tattoo," they go, "Oh, what's the meaning behind it?" Mm-hmm. and Sometimes people do just get tattoos because they like the aesthetic, but actually Claire and I's tattoos are pretty much all related to our faith. 
Um, and I know that those of you listening, probably m- the majority of you don't have tattoos. I would hope not. You have to be 18. Yes. Um, <laughs> but a lot of you probably wear Catholic t-shirts, um, Catholic jewelry, maybe have Catholic stickers on your water bottle or you have a computer. Um, and people may ask you like, hey, what does that mean? And we're sort of faced with two different choices every time someone asks that. I think the reaction I get usually when people say, oh, what does your tattoo mean? Is I have this question of, do they actually want to know? Like, do they, and I, and do like, do they want to know the real answer? Because Mm -hmm. I know the real answer is a bit longer. It has to do with Jesus. It's more emotional. Um, And I usually just give them the quick version and, and walk away. But we have an opportunity in each of those moments to actually share Jesus with them and the way he's worked in our lives. It's, it's like an evangelization opportunity almost. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So we just thought, uh, one, um, I know plenty of you have asked me at different points in time what different tattoos mean. And maybe I've given you the long version or maybe I've just given you the short (laughs) version. So I can answer those questions. But also we can show you like when someone asks you, about that t-shirt, that sticker, that bracelet, or whatever, like, oh, maybe you can share the story behind that of, like, how, what this means to you, what Jesus means to you, how he's worked in your life in a way that is also concise and true to the, the real story. Sound good? Sounds wonderful. Ready for a little tattoo testimony? Yes. This is so fun. I've been waiting to do this for, like, months. Yeah, I also <laughs> love talking about my tattoos because it is such a good way to like explain and a lot of them aren't visible. So, I mean, it's fun to like actually get to like talk about them. Yeah. And I don't think either of us got our tattoos for the purpose of evangelizing to people, but it is a really great opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I love when people ask about it. Yes, I do too. So excited. Without further ado, Claire, tell us about your first tattoo you got. What is it for the the listeners at home? What does it look like? (laughs) Okay. What, did, what does it mean? So my first tattoo I got when I was 18, whoop whoop, legal. Um, <laughs> but it's a little like single ocean wave. It's got like three little caps, I guess, would you say? Like, you know, yeah. the top of the ocean. Um, and it's for the song Oceans by Hillsong. I don't know if y'all know that song. It's very popular. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it's a throwback, like 2014. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I say a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, it's basically saying, like, when you're in the storm and when the oceans get rough, God is there. And all you have to do is focus on him and he'll help you through whatever is happening, no matter what's going on around you. Um, And honestly, I got it because another girl that I knew had this tattoo. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so cute. And so I got it. Um, And it's been really cool because... It's like on my wrist and so I see it a fair amount, but a lot of times I'll like forget about the meaning of it and I'll look at it and I'm like, yeah, that's a great thing to remember. So it's also good for me like to remind myself or I don't know. And it's fun that conversation starter because a lot of people do know the song. Um, We can like bond over that and I'll like share my faith and they can share theirs and I don't know. It's just a good thing. It's fun. It's little. It's like not, it's like what maybe two inches yeah it's not very big but and it's also cool because in different times of my life I've looked down at it when I like really needed it you know like Mm -hmm. I don't always feel 
in the ocean. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like those valley or mountaintop things. But then I'll remember that I have it. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I have this here. Like it's such a good reminder. Like I said, for myself too. Mm. Oh, but so my first tattoo is, um, it's on my back on my left side, kind of near my shoulder. And it's the mustard seed crucifix. Um, for those of you who have been at St. Bridget for a good period of time, you probably have heard of mustard seed before. Um, it's a Catholic organization started in Jamaica. Um, they have homes for abandoned people. I was going to say children, but really just people mm. um, with both physical and intellectual disabilities. Um, and it just becomes their home for life. And so St. Bridget has done a ton to support mustard seeds, specifically in Nicaragua. And I grew up hearing those stories about mustard seed. And then when I was 16, I finally got the chance to go on a mission trip to mustard seed with my mom. And that was just a huge life-changing experience for me. Um, mustard seed Nicaragua is always going to hold like a huge chunk of my heart. But they have this sort of signature crucifix. Someone made it out of rebar, um, which is a, not a material. It's like what's used inside buildings to like give it structure. It's like the metal that gives structure to a building. So when most people who have gone on mustard seed mission trips have made rebar before. Mm -hmm. um, so someone used extra rebar to make a crucifix and it just became like a symbol for mustard seed. Um, they have, they make these rebar crosses. We actually have one in the, in my office, the crucifix made of rebar. Um, oh, didn't know that. Yeah. And so I got that, um, as my first tattoo because that was really meaningful to me. And it's kind of cool because I've actually had only twice, but it's still crazy that this has happened to me where someone saw my tattoo and went, Hey, by chance, is that the mustard seed crucifix? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, when did you go? Where did you go? That's actually how I met Liz. Oh. Um, is she was wearing the mustard seed necklace and mm. being really awkward, I went up to her and I said, hey, I have a tattoo of your necklace. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. I know, but it was cool. We got to bond over mission and um, yeah, and our face and yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Tell me about tattoo number two. Oh, Let's okay. I didn't it. know you were going that. What was my second? Oh, my second tattoo is on kind of like my rib back area. Um, and it's a little bouquet of flowers. And in the stem, it has daughter written in it. Um, and I got it because I was going through a breakup. And, you know, I was really upset because I've been dating this guy forever. And I was like, I don't know what do I do now? I'm by myself. What's going on? And I was like going through a dark time, not dark. It was fine, but like a hard time emotionally. And, um, my friend, Alyssa, love her. Um, we weren't even friends at the time, but she was a missionary at Georgia college. And she was like the only other person that I like trusted enough to like call with this. Like I knew you Marissa, but like we weren't like close yet. I did tell you actually yeah, no, afterwards. I remember being super surprised that you called me to tell me about it. Yeah, I didn't have any girlfriends. I literally only hung out with my boyfriend, which was do not recommend. Don't do it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so I called Alyssa and I was like, "Hey, my boyfriend and I broke up. What do I do with myself? I'm so like lost." And she was like, "Claire, 
your identity is not his girlfriend. Your identity is not someone who is struggling with anxiety and depression. Like you're a daughter of Christ. And like, nobody had told me that before, like ever, which like, I feel like you hear it often, but I guess in the church that I was in, I never, you never really heard it. Like you hear a child of God, but I feel like the word daughter, especially like felt very personal. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, I am, I am. And it like still, I still struggle with like identifying as a daughter. And like I said before, this tattoo reminds me of it. Like I got it, I get it for myself, obviously, but, and no one really sees it a lot, but when they do, I'm excited to tell people because especially if it's another girl, I'm like, yeah, we're both daughters of Christ. How exciting is that? Or like, if it's a guy, I'm like, yeah, and you're a son of Christ. And like, that's what we're called to live into. And that is our first identity as anything before anything else. Um, so it's just, it's exciting to say. And I think it might be my favorite because it's really pretty and it just has a lot of meaning to me. Yeah, I think, it, well, I think that's so beautiful because there's something about like child of God doesn't always ring as personal to yeah. me. But when you say daughter, like I, as a woman, like that speaks mm-hmm. to me as an individual, like that is so much more personal to me. And I'm, I'm sure to a man to hear like you're a son of God mm-hmm. is, is a similar feeling, but yeah, it just feels intentional it's so intentional it's like almost scarily intentional yeah (laughs) it just speaks to a much more primary place of my heart Mm -hmm. than just child yeah yeah it's easier to relate to I feel like Mm -hmm. because you're already a daughter like of parents but then you're like I'm a daughter of like the highest king in the world (laughs) I am his (laughs) mind blown yeah it's a lot to wrap your head around and like I said I still I don't automatically just identify as, yeah, I'm a daughter. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do that sometimes. Yeah. But it's nice to have that as a reminder and to tell others about it. Mm. So this is where it gets funny and, and similar because my second <laughs> tattoo is also a wrist tattoo. Um, it's very, has a very similar meaning behind it <laughs> to Claire's, um, even though it's something completely different. So on my left wrist I have courage dear heart um which has become I think a bit more of maybe not cliche but like a popular phrase to Mm -hmm. see on like candles or like plaque not plaques but like those prints yes yeah yeah yeah. it wasn't when I got it and now (laughs) I I have to admit sometimes I look at it and I'm like oh you but (laughs) at the time um Yeah, this was, I got it not super long after my first one. Um, And when I was in high school, I struggled with depression a good bit. Um, So once I was a few years removed from that struggle, I wanted something to commemorate it in a way, I guess, to sort of remind myself. Um, I I was sort of looking ahead to future tough times. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, what if I'm struggling again? Like, I want to have a sort of tangible reminder of both the ideas of, like, stay strong and you are loved, but I didn't want to get either of those things verbatim tattooed on me because, to me, it just seemed too on the nose. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I wanted something that expressed that, and I came across this phrase, courage, dear heart, um... And it comes from one of the Narnia books, actually. Nice. It's from Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Confession, I've never read the book. What? <laughs> what? 
I've never read the whole book, but I have read the passage that it comes from. Oh my. And it, don't touch me. It's a really beautiful passage because this, wait, okay, I'm just, so Lucy, the main character, um, she's on a ship, oceans much, uh-huh. <laughs> but she's on a ship and there's this terrible storm um that's occurring and so she and all the crewmates are terrified and they think they're gonna die and so she is calling out to aslan who in the books is a lion but he's also a not very subtle metaphor for god right (laughs) Um, and she calls out to him and she's like where are you like don't abandon us don't let us die here um and she hears his voice say to her courage dear heart mm-hmm. and then the ship is led out of the storm and she and the rest of the people on the ship realized they were never in a- they were never actually in any real danger mm-hmm. um so it's a very like obvious metaphor for um well it reminds me of the story of jesus mm-hmm. on the ship in the storm when he's sleeping and they're like what are you gonna do and then they realize that, yeah like, he has the power to call the storms um i never knew that Oh, really? Yeah, I think he just told me. It's like, yeah, courage your heart. And I was like, oh, cute. <laughs> and then I never asked for further detail. It seems pretty self-explanatory to me. But the backstory is really cool. Yeah, it just sort of like, like you were saying about the word daughter, it just, it feels very intimate and mm-hmm. personal, like more so than just saying like, you are loved or yeah. like stay strong, like courage to your heart, like the thought of God saying something so tender mm-hmm. to me. Um was really comforting. And like you were saying about your your wrist tattoo, I forget it's there all the yes. time. And there are so many times when I've been going through a struggle and then I'm kind of coming out of it and I, I see my wrist and I'm like, why didn't I think to look at that when I was right? in the struggle? <laughs> like when I was going through it. Yes. But um, yeah, I still do that. Even if it has become a little bit more cliche, I love the meaning behind it. And mm-hmm. it, it definitely is a reminder to me of a difficult time of my life that God helped me through and like mm-hmm. his faithfulness in the past. So I say that's pretty solid. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I... Third one now. <laughs> yeah, moving on to number three. Man, we are just zooming through it. Number three. Okay. I um, think the number three for you and for me are the most on the nose similar of mm. our tattoos. Cause it's Yes. Yes. Anyway. If he didn't, obviously didn't see Marissa do what she just did. But <laughs> I know, I, sorry. Um, I forgot that you can't see my gestures. No. Um, so my third tattoo is on my ankle, um, like on the outside of my ankle. And it's two hands kind of um, like when you go up to receive communion, like in that position. Um, saying that now is actually kind of cool. I didn't think about that when I got it. <laughs> Look at that, double meanings. Um, but I got it because I was newly Catholic um, when I went to Seek. I think it was 2019, I want to say. What is Seek? Oh, Seek. Thanks for asking. Um, I always say Seek, I guess like this is the Catholic youth group, because I was going to say, if you know what passion is in the Protestant world, it's like that, but for Catholics. But so much better because there's, it's a big conference and there's like what, like 70,000 people there when we went? That's a lot. 17, maybe. Yeah, it was 17,000. Yeah, it was an insane amount of people. And we were in Indianapolis. It's a different place every year. But um, 
There are big sessions where everyone is together, and then you have opportunities to go to breakout sessions um, throughout the weekend. Um, And there are like hundreds of these breakout sessions. And it's really frustrating because you have to plan out your time on which one you want to go to. You can see the topics and who's speaking, but like you have to pick and choose. And I just wish it wasn't that way, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I went to a breakout or no, it was a women's session. All the women at the conference came to this session. And it was Sarah Swafford speaking. And if you don't know her, go look her up because what a woman. Um, She's fantastic. Um, Obviously, I'd never heard of her before. Um, And she was just giving this talk. I don't even remember what it was about. I think it was just like being in a struggling time. I don't know. The phrase that stuck out to me the most was, "You God can't put new beauty into clenched fists. So you have to Mm. live with open hands. And I was like, dang. I've heard people say you have to surrender to God before, like, give it up to God. But, like, that just seems like a very untangible thing to me. I don't know. Whenever someone's like, offer it up, I'm like, but, like, how? How do you do that? Um, So the fact that she said, like, open your hands just, like, in a receiving way just really kind of spoke to me, I guess. That sounds so gross. (laughs) I don't know. It just sounds like silly like spoke to me I don't think it's silly okay well anyway so I got um because I don't know if your hands are closed you can't receive anything your hands are closed you can't grab it you can't hold it whatever so living with open hands is the way to receive God's mercy um and just kind of like let go and surrender so I got an image of those hands kind of in that receiving position on my ankle really love this is my favorite tattoo of yours just the imagery I know that both on this podcast and in Bible studies and talks that we've given, Liz and I have both referenced that tattoo yeah. like multiple times. <laughs> um, it is such a beautiful image of like, mm-hmm. you can't receive anything from God with clenched fists. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just, I really do think it shows that posture so much. And even, yeah, the connection with the Eucharist mm-hmm. of like, opening our hands to receive the gifts and graces of Jesus is just very, uh, very poignant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so deep. You are so deep. (laughs) So it's, it's funny that we both have like ankle tattoos that symbolize surrender in different (laughs) ways. so weird. I know. It really is. Um, because my third tattoo that I got is also on my ankle. Um, it looks very different, but it means something very (laughs) similar because on my ankle, it's sort of an artistic interpretation of a dancer. I mean, it's a dancer, but I think it's not immediately obvious because it's like filled in with a lot of lines and stuff. It's very geometric looking. It is very geometric looking. Um, but she is my tiny dancer, if you will. Um, um, but yeah, my little tiny dancer and Whenever I, I often feel like I have to give people the short version, which is just, oh, like one of my favorite Bible verses to be, you turned my morning into dancing, um, a psalm. And while that is true, while that is a Bible verse that I loved for a long time, the actual inspiration is much more of a story. So I, this, this is the one that I find myself copping out on the most of Mm -hmm. actually telling people the story of. It's very Um, personal. It is very personal, but it's also, like, worth sharing the beauty of God. And, okay, so the story behind my little dancer is I was on a retreat my freshman year of college, 
Um, and I, yeah, I had asked, we had missionaries on our college campus, focus missionaries. Um, so they had come with us on retreat and I went up to them and I asked them to pray over me. And actually the Alyssa, the missionary that Claire already mentioned was, uh, one of the people here. So Alyssa's friend, Allie, who was also a missionary, um, was here visiting. We didn't know each other at all. She wasn't on our campus. She was just coming to hang out with Alyssa, come on retreat with us. So the missionaries are praying over me. And after they prayed over me, um, Allie asked me, she just out of the blue said, Marissa, I have a question for you. Were you, are you a dancer? And I said, um, no, (laughs) very confused about why she asked that. And then she said, oh, well, were you ever a dancer? And I said, I did ballet when I was in like fourth grade, but not really. And she just goes, oh, okay. And (laughs) there was a pause. I was like, so weird. So why do you ask? (laughs) And she goes, oh, well, just when the missionaries were praying over you, I just got this vision of you dancing with God and you were just floating and you seemed totally free and legit my reaction was oh I think I just said thank you and then I all but sprinted to the adoration chapel like I made a beeline for the chapel and I just broke down sobbing (laughs) like it was I'm sure they they saw it in my face when I got up I was like thank you for your prayers die (laughs) Um, but yeah, that image just really struck me because the idea of dancing with God was just so beautiful and such a, such a freeing way to look at prayer. And I knew that, I knew when she said that, that one, I had never experienced that. And two, (laughs) I wanted so badly to experience that. Like it would just, it put a name to such a deep desire of my heart because also, I love dancing. Am I necessarily, like, technically good at it? No, but it brings me a lot of joy. Like, I have a lot of fun with it. And so, to me, like, yes, dancing totally is freedom. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's just something very beautiful that I've been searching for ever since. And sort of like you were saying, where you hear surrender to God a lot, but Mm -hmm. the open hands made that like, just helped you understand that a lot more. Mm -hmm. This, for me, was an understanding of, okay, like, especially in dancing, there there are so many quote-unquote rules Mm -hmm. for how to dance well. And following those rules can bring freedom to dance well, especially, like, when you think of partner dancing and, like, Mm -hmm. the man leads, the woman follows, and if the woman tries to lead, like, you're going to trip over each other and you stumble and you fall and... Um, the dance doesn't go as well, but when you learn how to be led, um, you can do a bunch of twirls and spins <laughs> and flips and it's really fun. Yeah. So yeah, that just, that image really, really stuck with me, the image of dancing with God. And it's something that I came back to in prayer a lot. It's something I've continued to come back to in prayer a lot. Um, and I would definitely say like at my freest moments, like the times when I've felt the most intimacy with Jesus, I really have felt in prayer, like I was dancing with him. So that was, that was what inspired my dancer. Her arms are kind of flung out open 
and like her head is tilted up so it really is like a reaching up to god Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that was the first tattoo of yours that i saw i was like funky is she a dancer because i'm a dancer (laughs) i know (laughs) okay so my next tattoo um is on my wrist um i went to a mission trip in albania with focus um in march of 2019 which seems like so far away but also seems like yesterday to me wait it was in 2019 yeah it was almost three years ago but you saying 2019 makes it sound so recent right but in my head like you going to albania was forever ago also because covid kind of like blurred everyone's timeline (laughs) (laughs) we don't want to talk about her she's not great um (laughs) But Albania is. Um, so if you don't know where Albania is, I didn't either before I went. Um, it's right across from like the heel part of Italy, across the ocean, kind of near Greece. It's where Mother Teresa was born. It's where Mother Teresa was born. Any reason to visit? That one. We went to a church in Tirana where she's from, which is the capital. It was really cool. Um, she just had a statue out front. I don't know. I just felt very, you know, connected. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that also started my really like, I love her. No, and I'm like, we're both Albanian sisters, except I'm not Albanian. <laughs> I wish I was. If anyone's Albanian, I'm so jealous of you. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, um, we went only for a week. It was over spring break. Um, and I just, I really feel like my heart was changed, like a lot. Um, anyone who knows me, I could talk about Albania forever. I Goes to Albania once, makes it her whole personality. For real, for real. <laughs> it seems like I've been there so many times, or I was there longer than a week. I was only there for a week, and I, like, fell in love completely. Like, how you said Nicaragua has, like, mm-hmm. a piece of your heart forever. Albania will have a piece of my heart. Um, so, I was just in awe of the people there and who we encountered, because it didn't feel... Like, I've been on mission trips before, but it didn't feel like we had kind of, like, an agenda when we were there to, like, okay, we're going to have a Bible camp. We're going to build houses, which is amazing things. Don't get me wrong. But, like, every trip I've been on has felt very scheduled out, and I haven't – I never really got to know the people there. But when I was in Albania, that was our main priority was just getting to know the people and, like, sharing Christ with them, which I feel like is what a mission trip should be. Um, And so I – they were just such humble and joyful people. Um, and it really inspired me um, to be a humble and joyful person, which <laughs> working on it. But just the fact that they saw joy in so many little things um, and some of their faith was just so strong. And they didn't even have a priest there. Like they went to mass whenever they could, which wasn't even every Sunday. Um, so that was just really cool to me. So I got um a tattoo on my wrist like i said that says god is love in albanian um and i just feel like that's a pretty i mean it's a pretty basic thing but i mean it doesn't mean it's not true like you know it's a cliche for a reason you know Mm -hmm. it's very true that's true things are cliches because they're accurate yeah like god is love that's all you need to know god is love and that's all you need um and i had a pretty good connection with the sister that we stayed with. So we stayed um, on their like retreat house. Um, There was an order of religious sisters there and sister Elda was the one who kind of like was in charge of us, I guess. Um, And she is an incredible, incredible woman. And I think about her all the time. Um, We message sometimes, which is really fun. Um, But I got her handwriting that says God is love in Albanian. Um, 
So it's kind of, it's really special to me. I don't like regret it, but the person who did it didn't do a great job. And that kind of makes me sad, but I really love looking at it because it reminds me of just a really, really happy, joyful, free time um, in my life, which was only a week long, but I would get back in a second. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just love it. That's all I can say. <laughs> I just love Albania. If anyone wants to go hit me up, <laughs> it's really expensive, <laughs> but hey, cries. I know. Oh, I was a mess when leaving. It was a mess. Anyway. I don't think y'all understand. Like Claire's TikTok is like half Albanian. Yes, my for you page creators. is so many Albanians. <laughs> she listens to Albanian music. And I I'm do. Like, do. You know what they're saying? She's like, no, but it's so fun. It's so fun, and it just like makes me feel connected to Albania. Um, even if they're saying really bad things, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they might be, and I just skip this one <laughs> because they sound really angry. <laughs> Um, but it just makes me feel connected. And I've honestly like tried to learn the language. It's really freaking hard to learn the language. That's um, right. You were, it wasn't like Duolingo, right? It no, it's not on Duolingo because oh, no one wants no. to learn Albanian. <laughs> I got this. But you did try. I did. And I can, um, say hello. I don't understand Albanian. <laughs> Wait, tell us. You say Persendetia, which is hello. Nukuptoi Shtiptar. I don't understand Albanian. (laughs) I don't know why, but that's so freaking funny to me. So if someone tries to talk to me, I can tell them, like, hey, bro, don't know what you're saying. (laughs) I wish I did, but I don't. But at least you can say it in their language. But I feel like it's a bit misleading because I feel like the point will come across much better if you say in a different language, I don't understand Yeah, but then they won't understand me. (laughs) Anyway, that's my spiel. Fair enough. Go talk to me about Albania. I'll talk your off. Teach you some words. I just taught you a phrase. Question. Yes. Um, so, because you could have gotten anything in Albanian. Why God is love? I don't, I don't think know. I've ever that before. Honestly, there wasn't, like, we talked, like, God bless you a lot. We had a whole song um, in Albanian about, like, God bless you. And I didn't love that. And we talked, I knew the word dashuri, which is love. Um, and I don't know, Mother Teresa is all about loving and God being love and like, you know, the whole thirst thing. So I just felt like it connected well. Um, and it's a cliche, but it was just something in Albanian. I didn't really mind what it said. Just nice. I love that. Also, if you're wondering what the thirst thing is, Mother Teresa oh, yeah. has this meditation <laughs> called I Thirst. I highly recommend looking it up and reading it. Yes. It is mind-blowingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. I started it over this past spring break, um, and it's supposed to be, like, a 40-day meditation, but I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, there's, like, a book, but then there's also just this, like, I don't know if I would say prayer. It's it's words that Jesus spoke to Mother Teresa in mm-hmm. prayer that she then recorded, mm-hmm. and so there's a book, but there's also just the I Thirst yes. meditation. Would recommend both, yes. either. Yeah. Because Jesus thirsts for us, too. Did you know that? Did you know that? What? Crazy. It's a lot to take. (laughs) So the next tattoo is something that Claire and I share. We actually, we do have matching tattoos. I'll I'll talk about that after. Um, Trying to go in chronological order here. So sorry. But um, so we do have matching tattoos, Claire and I, and also Liz. um, We all have a little flower. A little flower. um, Which was intentionally after St. Therese's nickname, the little flower. <laughs> um, 
I feel like she had a big influence on our house, her spirituality. I think it was because of you. You were really into her and kind of just like shared her with all of us. Oh, thanks. But it has, so it's a little flower that has six petals, one for each roommate. Um, but also, yeah, well, cause, um, one of our other roommates, Katie Rose, she had, she came back the, we lived together all in this house for two years. And after the first, our first summer away, she came back from being a missionary at Life Teen, um, a summer missionary and with almost this motto, everything is gift, mm-hmm. which is a play on St. Therese's everything is grace. Um, and I feel like that sort of became like, we started kind of saying it a lot, like because of her, but mm-hmm. then I feel like it really did become something that we yeah saw as true in mm-hmm. our house. I agree. I don't know. That's all. <laughs> I don't know what else to add. Yeah. It was just a fun little reminder of like our little, our little house. Yeah. It was a really big part of, I think both of our lives and our college experience was living in that house. Oh yeah. That shaped me a lot as a person Same. and like my faith and our friendships. Yeah. I became Catholic. Yeah. Went through a couple breakups. Didn't we all? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, like, even just, like, the bond and, like, you know, people are always like, you meet your best friends in college. And I was like, do you? But, like, I feel like if I didn't live in that house, I wouldn't really keep in contact with anyone from college. Yeah, well, I think it just showed us a lot. Because this is, when I think about, like, Therese's spirituality and how it shaped our house, like, I think the biggest thing I learned from living in that house is... Um, how to love people well Mm -hmm. and also how not to love people well yes but I think every single one of us like even if I don't like not every single one of us is best friends with each other right because that's not there were six of us there were six of us (laughs) but I know that every single one of us walked out of that house with lifelong friendship yes and I think a big part of that was yeah learning how like the whole um mentality of like do small things with great love Mm -hmm. um is I think that was at our best and our worst like when we loved each other at our best it was doing those small things that we knew would have a big like impact on our roommates that Mm -hmm. would just make their lives easier and make them feel seen and valued and our worst is when we we weren't doing that yeah and we and then we recognized that we weren't doing that Mm -hmm. you know we had to grow a lot oh my gosh yeah I'm sure that people who, those of you who have a lot of siblings and live in big families probably already know this, but yeah, when you are choosing to live with a bunch of people, you just, you really learn a lot about yourself and about how you love and how you respond to anger and frustration Mm -hmm. and also like how you want to be comforted in sadness. I did not know that like about myself before because I'm an only child I never had to share a room share bathroom nothing Mm -hmm. so going into it with six women was like all these people are in my space (laughs) yeah and I don't know I think it showed me a lot about like how to be intentional in friendship because it was really easy to take each other's presence for granted like I lived with y'all so I didn't have to say like hey want to hang out because Mm -hmm. you were just there but we did have to be intentional about practicing our faith together like mm-hmm. not just being catholics who live together but being roommates who are catholic together i mm-hmm. think there's a big difference and like once we started making an effort to live our faith together is when our friendship started to really grow and mm-hmm. take off and 
it also made quarantine way better. <laughs> it sure did. Not gonna lie. Like, oh man. I, I, w- I would have struggled a lot if it weren't for like y'all's faith and leaning mm-hmm. on that in, in our quarantine times. Quarantine was my favorite memory from our house. Honestly, yeah, it was it was a great memory for me. It was me. so fun. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to anyone who didn't <laughs> have like, a good quarantine. I'm like, really sorry. Like, hot take. I, Loved I enjoyed it. quarantine. <laughs> Going, did. I didn't want to go home. I know. I was really sad to leave. Mm-hmm. But, oops. <laughs> I guess you have to grow up. That's not fun. Ooh. Anyways. What's so, your last one? Wow. So my last one is actually my... Yeah, my most recent one I just got a few months ago. Um, it's on my arm. It is now the only tattoo that... Some people have only now realized that I have tattoos because of this one, which hmm. I can't blame them. It's it's pretty big. It is. Um, but it's just funny to me because I never thought that, like... I mean, I, I thought my one on my wrist and my ankle were pretty noticeable, but mm-hmm. it turns out people don't really look no one looks at your wrist yeah no one's like, no one's like <laughs> staring at your ankles looking for yeah so it's just funny um but it's a big old daffodil um with the word beloved sort of in between like the the stem and the flower um this is the tattoo that I thought about for the longest before getting it um the other is like varied in how how long I considered them before getting them, like taking the plunge. But yeah, I thought about this one for like five years mm-hmm. before getting it. Um, because daffodils sort of in my sophomore year of college sort of became a thing. Um, Cause they represent, you know, like flower meanings or whatever. Um, but daffodils represent rebirth, new growth, um, resurrection, all of those sorts of things. Um, so it just became... I guess sort of like a like a symbol between me and God. Like when I saw daffodils, that's what I would think of, and it would just sort of lift me into prayer. Um, and there was definitely a season of my life where God uh, showed me many daffodils <laughs> when I like intentionally when I needed them. Um, but I always knew I wanted something else to go with the daffodil, and it took me years and years to figure out what that was. Um, so I eventually landed on the word beloved. Um, and like together, I guess what the flower and the word mean to me is the flower is like the daffodil is me saying to God, you make me new. Um, and then the beloved is Jesus saying to me, you are always my beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's this phrase that I'm, I don't think he came up with it, but I just heard father Michael say it a lot, which is, uh, Jesus loves you exactly as you are but he loves you too much to keep you there. Hmm. Um, Which really, it just like speaks into that tension, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even in the midst of your sinfulness, your brokenness, whatever it is, like God loves you exactly as you are fully, completely, totally. But he also wants freedom for you and he wants holiness for you and he wants union with you. So yeah. It's my final tattoo. Tattoo tour. Tattoo tour. So, okay, I guess a question to sort of wrap things up is when you when you look at your tattoos as a whole mm-hmm. and, like, the inspiration behind them, what is it, like, what story does it paint as far as your faith journey, I guess? Like, what does it mm-hmm. show you about your relationship with God through the years? Ooh. I think that 
I really, like, as I'm thinking about this, a lot of them kind of have to do with, like, surrendering and accepting God's love. Um, So I guess in my faith journey, I've forgotten that a lot. Um, And it's very hard to remember even still. So I think when I look at them, just tells me that I am loved and that God is with me. I don't know. Yeah, I think I sort of feel the same way. Like when I, they all have their own individual story, but when I look at them all together, it's very overwhelmingly like, oh, Marissa needs to remember that she is loved. Yeah. (laughs) Which, and I don't mean that in like a deprecating way, but in, yeah, just they sort of all speak to this truth that as an individual, like, I'm very beloved by God. Um, I think I, I see a lot of those same themes as yours for surrender and freedom and newness. Yeah. And I do think it's funny, even the circumstances of when you got a lot of your tattoos were in times when you needed, you needed a reminder, like, you needed newness in your life. Like and a so, refresh. Yeah, and so for you, that process of, like, getting that reminder put on your body was yeah. a, like a mental reset for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also I will say with my last tattoo, um, I only got through it by praying. Like this is a, <laughs> um, tattoos do hurt y'all. Anyone who says they don't is, Mm, I won't say they're lying, but I don't trust They're downplaying them. it. Yes, they're downplaying it. They definitely hurt. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, um, I think basically the only words I could think through my last one was either Jesus, 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 or um, I offer this up. I offer it up. I offer <laughs> that. I offer that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely was, pr- I mean, it was like, it made for an hour of good prayer, but there go. there's definitely more painless ways to do that, to do a holy hour. Maybe just go to the chapel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, buy a cute shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Buy a shirt that says God is love on it. Yeah. Get the point across. But it does speak to, I mean, whether it's a tattoo or, like, your clothes, your stickers, your jewelry, whatever, like, we as humans rely on these, like, outward symbols of our faith to remember those internal truths a lot of the time. I'm the kind of person that, like, if I don't see it, I don't remember it. Like, if I don't write something down, I won't remember to do it. Or, I don't know, if I don't take notes during mass or during a talk, I won't remember it five seconds later. So, honestly, I think these tattoos are really good for me because I'm, like, I will always remember that time in my life or that thing or, like, that message that I was trying to, yeah. like, capture by that, personally. That's oh, yeah. And I even, work. like, in my office, I'm, like, I work in a church, and I still need, and, like, my desk has multiple reminders of Jesus on it, uh-huh. like, we're in, it's just very out of sight, out of mind. Like, I, I need to have those things in my face all the time. Like, they're on my walls at mm-hmm. home, having a prayer corner, Yeah, you know, just having, like, pictures up in my room of... Jesus of Mary of Saints, um, having like Bible verses written out, mm-hmm. having these visual reminders to like jumpstart my brain or my heart. Yeah. Even if you see them every day, it's still nice to see them every day. Yeah. 
yeah, it just, it's, it's a good thing to surround yourself with, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, I guess the point of this being, um, what we hope our, our takeaway from this is not, um, run out and get a bunch of Jesus tattoos. No, <laughs> not is, necessary at all. No, um, but... The point being, like, the next time someone asks you about the retreat t-shirt you're wearing or, um, you know, when you have when you have a friend over and they see your prayer corner or something like that, um, being willing to be a little bit vulnerable um, mm-hmm. and share about you. And, you know, you don't have to talk their ear off. You don't have to turn into a door-to-door missionary, like, telling everyone, do you have a minute to hear about our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Jesus Christ? Um, they would say, uh, no. Yeah, but... It is an oppor- it is an invitation, you know, an opportunity to share that that good news of what Jesus has done in your life. Because I remember there was one retreat we did in high school where the t-shirt said, ask me why I'm Catholic on it. Mm. And I wore it to school. And then people asked me why I was Catholic. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I never could have seen this coming. <laughs> and I had never thought about it. Like, yeah. they asked me why I was Catholic. And I was like, wait, I don't know yeah. what to say. And so I think it's good to think about that sometimes, too. Like, when you're putting on that retreat shirt of, like, yeah, what does this mean to me? Like, what did this retreat do in, in my life and in my faith? Like, why why am I Catholic? Why yeah. do I believe this stuff? And it's nice for others to hear, even if they don't remember it at the moment. And they're like, oh, that person's weird. But, like, maybe they'll think about it later and be like, that was actually kind of cool. Jesus might be a kind of cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> Who'd have thought? Uh, wow. Thanks for thanks for coming on and sharing. Thanks for it's inviting good to have me. You. Thanks. Love talking about tats. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Can we do the real talk? Bum bum bum. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you're a real talk. Okay, <laughs> but we're gonna say this has been continuing the conversation. Okay. Yeah. Together. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ready. This, this has, has been, been continuing, continuing the conversation. conversation. Bum bum bum. bum. <laughs>